Oh my god. How cool. I love that. So exciting. Wow. Hi, I'm Pip and this is Jumbled Loves a Chat. Amazing. Love that it. Is stunning. That is like so flipping true. Let's come and get your coffee. <laughs> Cheers to that. So today's guest is difficult to pop into just one category. Journalist, deer farmer, author, cook, blogger, photographer, food stylist, recipe creator, oh, social media expert, mum and champion of primary producers in the bush. I pr- I've probably forgotten about 10. No, no, <laughs> you've got it all covered. But honestly, there isn't much that she can't do or hasn't done you're in for a treat today because she's not only fascinating to listen to, but you may also learn a thing or two that I'm sure you'll be able to use for your business or just in life in general. So a very big welcome to Sophie Hansen from Local is Lovely. Yay! <laughs> Hi, Pim. Hi, everyone. <laughs> oh, it's so good to have you here. I um, always love running into you around town. Um and so it's nice to actually have you here so that everyone can hear the pearls of wisdom that I get to hear whenever I see you. Oh, thanks. Well, yeah, I'm a big fan of coming in here, as you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's nice to actually sit and talk to you. I know. Mm-hmm. And it's and one of the good things about you is that I feel like you're one of those people that's so willing to share their knowledge as well. You know, yeah, that's one of the best things about you. Oh, I do think... I think you, we've all got to be, the more generous you are with the things you know and you do, I think the more comes back to you. Yeah, yeah. I've found. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's good. You deserve all the success. Oh. So I think, yeah, there's a very long list of things we've got to get to, but let's take it back to the beginning mm-hmm. because I think that shapes us so much as adults. But what was your childhood like? I bet you it was beautiful. Uh, yeah, I was really lucky. Mum yeah. and Dad, I think, worked really hard to make sure we had a nice time as kids. I'm one of four. I'm the third. Um, we, I grew up in Sydney, yep. but we shared a farm with another family just out of near Mudgee at Louis when oh, I was a kid. Yeah. Yeah. So um, a lot of weekends and like all holidays we were up there and we had horses and push bikes and picnics and so really lucky to have, I guess, like that urban and rural childhood in a way. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, mum, mum is an artist and yes. she worked like your mum. You know, we were always surrounded by art and paint and colour and she, she used to put herself in those, you know, those play pens. Um, and oh. she used to put herself and her paints in oh there. Oh, my God. <laughs> Not you, four of us would be outside. Um, but she's an incredibly creative, um, generous person and, yeah, I feel very grateful to have had her kind of guide us through our childhood and yeah. dad, obviously, dad is fabulous. So, yeah, I had a good good childhood, I think. Yeah. yeah. I love that she put herself in the playpen, <laughs> not you guys. That's very smart. Maybe we should all be doing that if we're yeah. going to go into lockdown so. again. I think that's a good idea. Homeschooling. <laughs> yeah. You're going to go out and buy a playpen later today. <laughs> Did you think you got your creativity from your mum? I think so. Like, I've never thought of myself as a like an arty person. Like, I didn't do art at school. Okay. I, I've always appreciated... Um, beautiful things and, and had a love of colour and stuff. But I guess um, 
now in my kind of 30s when I started taking photos and mm. um, working, doing the kind of work I do, I, I think probably the stuff that just osmosis, maybe being around yeah. mum. And also in my 20s I worked in magazines and I worked with a lot of super creative, clever people and I guess I saw how they put things together and picked stuff up maybe from them along yeah. the way. But, I, like, I can't, I mean, mum would say anyone can draw, but I feel like I, you know, I don't have that skill to paint and draw and create. Um, but then I guess I'm learning how to take nice photos. So yeah, yeah, you've got the eye. It's there anyway. Well, and your writing is beautiful as well. So when you left school, did you study journalism? I did. Um, yep, I went straight to the University of Canberra and okay. I did print journalism there. But did like it was an arts degree really. Um, three years there and then I like a lot of people straight over to the UK and did my two-year working holiday visa and yeah. backpacking and all the rest of it, which was awesome. Oh, how amazing. Yeah, it was. So is that when you went and worked in Italy for the slow no, food movement? No, so I, I did that time over there and I still at that time I thought I was going to be like a hard-hitting news journalist. And like I, with, like news? Oh, well, that's what I thought Sorry, I wanted to do. Like, I, you know, it's a really dumb question. And, um, and I got a job as a temp. Um, with the Mail on Sunday, which is one of those like tabloid newspapers in oh, the UK. Fun. It was fun. It was fascinating, but it was also a really big eye opener for me. Like, um, and I was working at the time that Lady Diana um, had her accident and died, oh. and we were in Kensington High Street, and it was crazy. Like, we just watched from our windows all the fires pile up. But I also watched the newsroom reacting almost with glee at this tragedy, and like, oh, we had some papers and. And actually just almost overnight, I was like, this is not for me. Yes. I don't want any part of this world. I want to write about nice things. And so then I got back from um, my travelling and was just so lucky that um, I applied for a job as an editorial coordinator for a magazine at ACP, which okay. doesn't really exist as it was now then. Um, anyway, I got that job for Australian Table Magazine, which was launching. So I was on the launch team. Oh, It was nice. amazing and there was... Five of us. So I was like the junior, just did everything. Um, And those four women, I were really beautiful mentors to me, actually. Mm -hmm. We're still, you know, in touch and feel very grateful to them. But I got the opportunity not just to, like, I did all the admin, but I also got to write a few little stories. Uh And I went on all the shoots and I'd do all the um, sort of styling assistant and just a bit of everything. And that was um, really incredible opportunity for me because I got to sort of learn the ropes of magazines and um go on all the shoots and and it was there so a few years later I was working as their features editor and I interviewed a guy from Slow Food Italy and that's how I kind of found my way oh my goodness yep yeah Mm. so then so you left ACP yeah I said to him in the interview because I was completely I've always really loved everything that slow food stands for and it's so what is slow food so slow food is an international movement dedicated to I guess celebrating farmers and producers and like biodiversity so Mm -hmm. it started in in Europe in Italy where there's you know 400 cheeses and some cheeses Mm -hmm. were sort of at risk of kind of dying out because people weren't making them anymore so it was really kind of shining a light on all these um, incredible biodiversity and food culture and I guess their idea is, you know, the more McDonald's we have, you can have the same meal in St Petersburg as you can have in Orange, you know, and that's kind of sad in a way because we all have different heritages and food cultures. So they're trying to kind of bring awareness to that and keep them all alive and keep people 
employee making all those random yeah, things. Yeah. So um, I said to this guy, oh, you know, I love what you're doing. If you ever want an intern, I'd love to come over. And he was like, oh, just come over. No, okay. So like, <laughs> I quit and took a three-month unpaid internship. Um, and so you quit. Quit my job, oh, which God. I loved. Yeah. Couldn't speak a word of Italian. Can you now? Um, it's 10 years or so since okay. I've been back. I, I was fluent at the time because um, no one really there spoke English, so I had to learn really quickly. Oh. Ended up staying for a few years and um, having getting actual a paid job, um, and it was incredible. Like I just it was like a dream job for me, really. And got to travel around Europe and write incredible stories and meet amazing people and all sorts of things. But what the thing that I guess made the biggest impact on me in my time there was the time I spent in people's kitchens and mm-hmm. watching how these women and men would shop and cook and spend all day Sunday making a meal for their family and and then all afternoon eating it and yeah. and I was like this is powerful stuff like yeah. it's really important to put the time into being at a table with mm. the people you love because you know it's kind of the essence the of life isn't it it is that you're it seeing is. like it's the best of life yeah you know um so that was yeah like a big moment for me I guess and I feel super grateful for the opportunity I look back now and think oh my god how did I have the balls to like basically lie that I could speak to <laughs> yeah. and arrive on this train station and, you know, for a job that I wasn't getting paid for in a country where I knew nobody. But um, it was great. It was worth brave. it. Brave. Like, that just Stupid. shows. I don't know. Young. No, yeah, yeah. Young. I think being young, but mm. did it cross your mind that it wouldn't work out or was it just? I just thought I'll come home if it doesn't. I'm not totally. the job. Um, I don't know. I just, I had itchy feet as well. I've always yeah. loved travelling and yeah. I was like, mid-20s and I don't know I just wanted to see the world again and get out there and travel and um and it just seemed like the perfect thing oh, to do it actually sounds like yeah. the dream it was it was hard it yeah. was hard at first I was super lonely yeah the first few months were like remember that um uh, sex in the city movie where she goes to paris that show the episode yes. and she's like looking at all friends and windows like having a nice time I like know. that was oh. <laughs> like cue the violins but i was like i knew nobody nobody and i was like this sad kind of australian girl who would just like sit in the office waiting for people to ask her for a drink oh <laughs> anyway it got good it got good it got good i made friends and i i learned the language and it was great it wasn't oh amazing, but it was hard at first. Yeah. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> that's so funny. So how on earth then did you end up on a deer farm at Mandatory Creek? Um, yeah, so I don't want to bore everyone with my long story. So no, but, it, but I, love, I love um, hearing um, the, the backstories of yeah. people's things. That, that's the most interesting part. Well, so don't make it too short because okay. I like your story. Um, so I came back home and I was a bit lovesick and I'd had this like you know, break up and all that. With an Italian fellow. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Um, and um, so anyway, I was home and I eventually found my way back into magazines yeah. and I was working for RMU's publishing for oh. Outback and Hoofs and Horns. Do you remember Oh, Hoofs and yeah. Horns? <laughs> <laughs> and um, oh. not Hoofs and Hounds. Yeah, I know. It's just thinking Yep. <laughs> so Tim is going to kill me for telling you this story, but I will. So at that time, so I came on as their editor. Yeah. Of Hoofs and Horns, and they were relaunching it as like a lifestyle magazine, yeah. and it was lovely. Um, and I came on right as like a certain issue was about to go to the 
printers and I just gave it a final sub-edit and they had a Bachelor of the Month. Stafford, <laughs> I actually don't know this part Do of you the, know story. the story. No, so not... for anyone listening, Pip knows my husband as well and so you will He's laugh. lovely. But, um, his sister Penny, um, who was helping him do PR for his brand new um, branded meat business, which is Mandatory Creek Medicine yeah. uh, Farm, and Penn was helping him do PR and she thought it would be a good bit of exposure oh to put Tim, who was single at the time, and I think they were trying to like find him, find him a wife <laughs> and get him off their hands because Tim and Ju, uh, Penny and Jude, my mother, were helping him a lot with farmers oh markets. Anyway, yeah. So she didn't actually tell him what it was for. She just said, you're going to be in this magazine they're going to come take a photo of you and they basically wrote all the answers for him. You know? <laughs> and I remember thinking, really cute, like gorgeous photo, but um, the questions, you know, some of these questions are a bit... What did he answer as some of these questions? Well, like, well he I'm didn't not sure write he them. wrote them, but, you know. Oh, yeah, of one of the questions was like, what did you get your mum for Mother's Day or something? And he said, hand cream. And I was like, oh, don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> Could do a bit better. Yeah, nothing wrong with hand cream. Anyway, um, so because we, the magazine had had that connection with Tim, he was having a, a like a PR lunch at Long Grain Restaurant yeah. to, to promote, you know, venison and showcase how yummy it is. And I was invited and I love Venice. I mean, I love Long Grain Restaurant. It's yes, my favourite. Yeah. And so I went and we sat opposite each other and crazy. Like three months later, we're engaged. Oh, my goodness. Here. Yeah, I know. It just happened. Oh, my yeah. God. That, see, I love that yeah. story, but I actually didn't know about the bachelor I part. Know, in I know. The, He'll kill me. Have you got it framed in your house? Because you totally should. I should. <laughs> I should. Oh, my God. It was so funny. And... um. But when I, I remember seeing him at the lunch, you know when country boys come to town, they all look kind of shiny and I know. like iron shirt and just fresh and ready yeah. faced and, and different. Yeah. yeah, and yeah. So, um, so that's how I moved to Orange. Oh, and yeah, fun. and then it sort of all kind of everything else rolled on from there. So, can you tell me and everyone what it's like? to live on a deer farm and what that business looks like. Yeah. I know Tim sort of runs it, but you help him do that I, too. Yeah. I mean, it's Cause it's very different to a normal yeah, farm. It is. And it's, I mean, our business has evolved a lot since I came on the scene. At, the, at that time we were doing farmer's markets every weekend. Yeah. We were mostly um, domestic, so all the restaurants and <clears throat> butcher, shop, butcher shops and things. It has evolved now. We don't do the markets anymore. We do a lot of export. Yes. Um, and so it's, I mean, we've got all the big tall fences and um, they're beautiful animals. Yeah. I really think they're and fascinating. Yeah. Um, and Tim's really good at, he his, has a meat trading background, so he's really good at finding markets and yeah. doing all that kind of stuff. The drought hit us quite hard, like mm. everybody. So we had to destock a fair bit. You can't just go to a sale yard and buy oh, DR. Yeah. So it takes time to rebuild. So we've got cattle now in, to sort of fill that um, gap. Um, yeah, so it's great. I mean, I, we're half an hour of town. It's so pretty. Yeah, it is pretty. So it's really pretty. Yeah. Um, super cold and frosty and beautiful mm. this morning. Um, yeah, I love it. So, I mean, I helped him. Um, I used to help him more when we had the domestic market and we were doing events and farm lunches and mm. things like that, but we don't really need that marketing um, now because it's mostly export and wholesale and stuff so i'm so busy with my own stuff these days mm. so do you remember what it felt like you know you got engaged those three like within three months and then you moved out to this deer farm mm. what did it feel like and you did you know did you have a plan for what you were going to do no. with your career no and i you know i was like so in love and just caught into the wind like quit my job and they were like you can do three days a week from 
home, which was amazing actually if I remember yes. back then. Oh, you know, yeah. To, this is 15 years ago yeah. or something to be so forward thinking. But I... Um, I also at the time met someone um, who was studying the Union Bank. Um, do you remember when they, there was, it's a place in Orange. It's excellent. Yeah. yeah and, and back then it was sort of a cellar door for a different winery that doesn't exist anymore. So anyway, I got a job doing marketing for them. Oh, yes. And I'd okay. never done marketing. And I was managing the bar, the wine bar. I mean, I had no experience of doing any of this, like no hospitality experience yeah. really. But um, I thought, oh, well, I'll just throw myself into Orange and I left Orange completely and, did this job full time, which was great because yes. it meant I get to let meet a lot of the orange food and wine people. Yeah. And as I said, we were doing the farmers markets all the time. We we're quite involved in food week and all that yeah. stuff. So it was great. I loved it. But I, um, after a few years, we started our family, and I got sort of um, stopped working at the Union Bank full time. And I was also really missing that creative side mm. of my previous work life. Yes, and yeah. I missed the storytelling, like. The thing that I love about magazines is images and words together and weaving them into this beautiful package and here you go. Um, and my old editor uh, actually said to me, you should start a blog because I was yes. talking to her about this. She goes, yeah. you've stopped writing, you've stopped pitching stories because, you know, I was busy with babies yeah. and um, and I was like, I had no idea what a blog was. I was like. Yeah, but you were right at the start of blogs. Yeah, so I was really yeah. lucky. I yeah. think timing-wise I was super lucky with that. And I started Googling blogs and I'm like, oh my god this like whole world of incredible women mostly women out yeah. there doing their own thing online and carving out their own little corner of the internet and I was like completely hooked so I did yeah. an online course on blogging and then I like started mine and at the time as I said we we're doing the farmers markets every weekend and I look around me and we're all like scribbling recipes onto bags and giving them out like the apple guys next to us and I was like oh it'd be great to put all these recipes online in this one place so yeah. that's my local is lovely was born or how it was born and then Instagram a couple of years later came on the scene yeah um and then other people were like oh I like what you're doing for your venison business can you help me with mine and so I'd start helping kind of consulting I guess um with other food businesses yeah yeah yeah. I, I mean I still pretty much do that now um just in different ways and um workshops and yeah had online courses and all sorts of things so yeah it's just amazing. so back to your very original question no plan really, no plan which I should have had one but also I don't know how I could have planned for all the things that have happened no and you know what but you didn't even know blogs were a thing then no either do you remember no. what your first blog post was on I, so clearly yeah because I was sitting on my blog like I had I got someone to design it for me like to do me a nice header and I had it yes. already and I've been like practicing my photos and I was so nervous to press publish on that first yeah. post and it was like months that I was just mm. and then one afternoon the kids came home from preschool or wherever and I'd made um, pikelets for afternoon yeah. tea and we had fresh peaches that were just picked off the tree and and I was like oh my god I'm gonna take a photo of this is really cute so the kids were eating their pikelets and I wrote the recipe and that was my first post ever oh and I was just like went mm, press post and um and I think it's that whole done is better than perfect. No, oh, you know? I love like you've that. just got to start. Yeah. And once I started, it was like the floodgates had opened. I couldn't, I was posting like four times a week. I was putting so much time into my blog and I don't regret any of that because actually. Do, were people um, reading it from the start? Like no. how do you get people, like how did you send people to it when yeah. blogs were quite new? Was that quite tricky? It was. And I mean, at first all I did was I, um, basically every email address of every person I knew from 
my Everybody. friends, family, professional. I was like, guys, I've started a blog. I'd love it if you could subscribe. Yes. And that was when there used to be, I think it was Google Reader. Do you remember back in the day or um, how did we all read our blogs back then? It doesn't exist anymore. I think it was called Google Reader and it was like it um, aggregated all your, your feed basically. Yeah. And, and I asked everyone to, to sign up for that. And um, so I emailed everybody and asked them to, to subscribe to my blog and I um, how else, what else did I do? Oh, we were doing Pinterest. markets every did weekend. You do Pinterest? No, then? it wasn't around. But then. we had a newsletter for our farmers market customers, and I told them all about that, the blog on there. And yeah. then it just slowly, 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 um, it, it and then it jumped onto the radar of other bloggers, and they were yes. super like sweet about sharing it with their people. That's what I found from the very beginning about this whole world is, as I said earlier, like the more you reach out to people and share and collaborate, and the better. Like yeah. it's that's how it works. I yeah. Think. Yeah, social media karma. The more you yeah. put in, the more you Definitely. get out, sort of. Yeah, yeah. So then your very popular blog became a cookbook. Yeah. How did that come about? So um, this this guy, Robert, from Hashtag Publishing reached out and said, we'd really like your blog. Have you ever thought about a book? And I was like, no, like not at all, but I'd love to talk to you about it. And then um, so we did and then it became a book. And then a few years later, um, I had an idea for another book and I pitched it to Murdoch because I had a contact there. Yeah. And um, then the basket, a basket by the door came about and, yeah, it's all just sort of, I mean, it all has just happened, but um, lots of, you know, like consistently blogging, consistency, posting on Instagram, putting it out there, putting it out there, you know, I think that's... Yeah, it's like the grind. Yeah. But you, I think, you're slowly working towards it. Yeah. Yeah. So what's it like to write a cookbook? Fantastic and scary. Like, yeah. you know, I'm really aware that people are spending good money. Like it's, you know, Basket by the Door is $40. Is $40. It's um, beautiful. Oh, thank you. Um, and I'm my great fear is that a recipe won't work or, you know, that someone's invested in, you know, their Saturday making a certain thing. And it Do you have to out. test them? Yeah, yeah. So... I test every recipe at least like two or three times and then I also get people to test them for me and then we have editors and so it's fairly thorough. Um, So there shouldn't be any mistakes and, and, you know, it's been basket by the door has so um, human error <laughs> yeah. My part. but also I mean everyone's <laughs> oven works differently totally. and all that kind of stuff. And so, yeah, I mean, you can't, I guess, sort of take responsibility for everything no. unless, it, you know, the quantities have got to be right and then yes. the instructions have yeah. got to be clear and, then you just hope for the best. But I really love the process. Um, and because I take the photos and do this, like I do it all myself, yes. we can weave it into everyday life. You know? yeah. So a book, like the one I'm working on now, which is out in April 2021, yeah. um, has been like almost a year of, of, of shoots, but not all year. You know, it's just we sort of, when we go somewhere and visit friends, we'll do a shoot or whatever. So it's but then it matches with the seasonal. Yeah, definitely. The seasonal and they're all in foods seasonal. and the and even the color of the yeah. season in the photos too. Yeah, and that's a big thing for me is cooking with the season. So all three books now have been organized into seasonal chapters. Yeah, and because I can't imagine cooking any other way really. Like it's the middle of winter now, you feel like citruses and you feel like leafy greens and you don't feel like cherries. Yes. Or watermelon. I yeah. can't imagine eating watermelon on a day like today, but I want a big juicy orange, you know. Yes. And the produce um, is obviously better at that yeah, time. And cheaper, too. you yeah. know. And yeah. it lasts longer because it hasn't been shipped from Peru or yeah. you know, wherever. Yeah. So yeah. So this might seem like a silly question, but how do you come up with a recipe? 
So a few different ways. Like that might be um, something that I had while I was traveling years ago and it's just like, you know, you have those meals yes. that are like stamped in your ma- yeah. mind. And um, so there's in the new book, there's a, a, a recipe for peach and lavender and pine nut cake oh, that yum. I have. Uh, yeah, it's beautiful. And I had it in France, like in summer, you know, and I've never been able to forget that. So, I, you know, make it, make it, make it and tweak it. And then finally, yep, I'm happy with that. And that goes in. So sometimes they're from a memory. Um, sometimes they're a, <clears throat> a, a family recipe. Yeah. Um, it could be, you know, we've gone out for dinner and tried this like amazing flavor combo and, yeah. and I want to go and recreate that at home. Um, and a lot of it, like my, the food I cook and write about is super simple. Yes. It really yeah. is. I just want it to be simple and tasty and easy. Yes. You know? Yes. And no, for no one to get stressed about cooking it, you know, it's cooking shouldn't be stressful. It really shouldn't. It should be something you feel happy doing. And if it's like foam and, you know, stress and flambeing and no, no, I don't want any of that, you know. No. Um, and I want people to have fun with it and feel confident doing it. So because that's how I want to feel when I cook. Yeah. Your one pot lemon chicken from oh, yeah. your first book <laughs> is my new go-to. It's a goodie, that one. Yeah, it's so good. So I have to ask you, what, what should I do next? What should be, what's the next easiest one? There's a good lamb recipe in that one. Okay. Um, with like, again, I think mum's done that. I don't know if she nailed that with one. With rosé and um, raisins. Oh, and, yeah, it's yummy. Okay. It's a yummy one. I might give that one. I go on the weekend. So I really adore your second book, A Basket by the Door, and we had a little event here um, <clears throat> one night when you were launching your book. And it what struck you have to tell people about the book and the idea behind the book, but what struck me was like how the book had really um, made a big difference in people's lives. Like mm. a, such a simple thing, but such a beautiful thing. Like all the stories were so so beautiful. So tell everyone about the idea Thanks, of people. the book. Um, so the idea, I guess, is is that sort of edible care package, yeah. really. Um, and it came because when I brought Alice, my, who's now 13, home from hospital, yeah. when she was a baby, there was a basket by our door. Like someone had driven all the way out to our place yeah. and left this basket with like lamb shanks and a bottle of wine and a little bunch of flowers. And, and I was just like completely blown away. I thought it was the most beautiful thing ever. Yeah. And, um, and not only because that person had taken the time to cook for me, but um, they'd driven all the way out, they dropped it off that when they knew I wasn't going to be home because when you've got a new baby, yeah. it's the last thing you want, you know. Yeah. Um, so they'd been like, not only do I want you to eat well, but you're worth my time. Like yeah. You're worth half a day for me. I mean, yeah. It's amazing. So um, I've been kind of mulling over this concept for some time and finally felt ready to kind of pitch it to somebody. Um, this is from three years ago now. Um, and I think the book... You know, it's nothing new, right? People have been doing this forever. Like every food culture has its traditions of mm. care packages and mm-hmm. stuff. But um, I guess putting it together with lots of different ideas of really easy, yummy, seasonal um, recipes that you can cook for yourself or other people. And I always say to people, like there's a chicken pie recipe in a basket by the door. Yeah. Oh, so good. <laughs> but it is a labour of love. Like it's, yeah. it's half a day, right? Mm. But I say make three, like buy three chickens, make three. If you're yeah. going to do it, you may as well. One in the freezer, one to give away, one for dinner that night, you know. Um, so uh, and and with the book, it's been out now for over a year and it's had a really lovely um, response, I guess. But I think it's just touched that nerve of we all need more kindness and we need more generosity mm. in our life at the moment, especially now. Um, and people have 
oh my gosh, written the most amazing emails about um, what the book has meant to them. Like I've had letters, like handwritten letters from these like beautiful ladies in America, all over the yeah. world. Um, it's now in German. It's just been oh released in Germany. Goodness. I know it's crazy. But, um, and as I said, I'm not doing anything new here, right? Like this is something that yeah. everyone has done. But I guess it's just that reminder to, it's like anything like to flex that muscle. Like once you get into the habit of, um, making two cakes instead of one and giving one to your neighbour, maybe, you know, maybe wrapping it in a cute little tea towel and putting a note just saying, thanks so much for checking on the chooks the other day or whatever. Mm. Like, um, and then you see what that means to that person and, and then it's like this ripple effect, I think, of kindness mm. spreading. Oh, I know. Um, it's so lovely. Yeah. Even the way you present, you know, your simple cake, the yeah. way you wrap it as well is so simple but so effective and beautiful. It's like just taking that tiny bit of extra yeah. time, it's like so special. But it's so easy. Like I just get heaps of that brown craft paper and, you know, mm. and just some twine, a little card, you know, none of this stuff takes time. And I, as I said earlier, I can't draw and paint or anything, but, you know, you can write a cute little card or mm. get your watercolours out and have a bit of fun. I mean, you know, everyone's busy and I, I get we can't all do that all the time. But... It, it's once you sort of get in the zone of doing it and you're having your little a, a drawer with your scissors and your twine and your paper in it so it's easy to just pull out. Oh, it's not so hard to do. Hard. No, you know? no. you just got to get into the habit. I think. Not hard but means a lot. Yeah. It means so much. Yeah. Like people, I don't know if I've got time, I want to tell this gorgeous story. This woman came to, was, I'm not sure if it was here, one of the events, and she's Greek heritage from Blaney, and she was saying how Basket by the Door really resonates with her and her um, mother-in-law when her son went to Sydney to work first, um, this is like in the 50s, would make a big spanakopita every week, every Friday, oh. and wrap it in a tea towel and take it to the train conductor at Blaney and call her, her, her son and say, it's going to be at Central in three hours. Oh. And he'd like run up to Central and get his... Spanakopita, it was still warm. Oh. Like, I mean, how amazing is that? I hope that? she gave a slice to the train driver. Imagine the smell of it in <laughs> there know. for three hours. You'd be like, but, you know, all these, there's so many amazing stories like that. And I think all the conversations that we've had around the book have been, I'd love to do another book just with all those stories, actually. Yeah. Oh, but then maybe that's the fourth. What is the third one about, the one that's um, about to come out? Yeah. So it's called In Good Company. Yeah. Well, it will be called In Good Company. And it's, so where a basket by the door was more like taking food to people. This yeah. is bringing people to your home. Nice. Um, and as it, like super easy, um, doable, lots of different menus for different seasons. Oh, and good. so I've photographed them every menu at a different person's place or farm or. Yeah. Um, so. It's, I'm really excited about it. It's been quite challenging doing it during COVID because um, like mm. a book about gatherings, yeah. we had to kind of stop for two months and then start and then stop. But um, it's, yeah, I'm, I'm, I've just got the first sort of pages back from the designer and it's really exciting to see how she's interpreted all my photos and words yeah. and laying it all out. And so we're at that stage of the process. How exciting is I that? Yeah. So for someone that works digitally so mm. often, what is the beauty like what's the specialness, I don't even know if that's the right word, of a, of a real-life book, like a cookbook? Oh, look, I think there's nothing that can compare to holding a book, mm. whether it's a novel or a cookbook, you know, in your hands. Um, I couple of Kindle the other day and I'm just not feeling it like yeah. I like to. Um, but there is something about, you know, pouring over a cookbook and, you know, imagining, oh, I'm going to make that recipe on the weekend and I might drag a table down to the bottom of the garden and oh, put some flowers yeah. in a jar. And, you know, it just kind of sparks the imagination. And, um, yeah, I think, and, 
so many of the cookbooks out at the moment, they're just so beautiful. The photography is so beautiful. It just takes you somewhere mm. completely different mm. and, and gives you, I guess, a, it gets you excited about mm. things that you can do. I probably even love reading a cookbook more than I like cooking from a cookbook. Like oh, I, I'm a bit the same. It kind actually. of ticks my, ticks my boxes. Yeah. yeah. And I love all the little they're called head notes. There's yeah. some intros to every recipe. Mm-hmm. They're my favourite part. Um, I mean, next to my bed is a stack of cookbooks all the time and, you know, books as well, but it's my favourite thing to hop into a bit of cup of tea and read my favourite cookbooks. <laughs> yeah, oh, so lovely. So you also now freelance a bit here, there and everywhere. Yep. What are the challenges? Like, Do you find that challenging or is that good yes. that it can work in with your life? It's good. I mean, um like nobody, well, I don't know anyone, unless you're Jamie Oliver, I guess. You can't just do cookbooks and you can't just do one. You know, I think, for me at least, I, yeah. I can't afford to live like that. So you've got to have lots of different balls in the air. And I feel for me the risk is um, becoming kind of jack of all, master of none. That's my big oh, kind of no, concern. But um, so in amongst the books I do, um, I like I write recipes for, for various people, which I love doing, That's um, and then take photos for, for them. So I work with various food companies and yeah. create content for them. Um, and, uh, I've, yeah, so and I, I also, like, help small businesses with content planning mm. and social media. I, I find I love freelancing. And, yeah. Um, I wouldn't. I think I'd struggle to kind of go and work full time for someone now because it's been such a long time I've worked on my own. But it is scary, you know, like because I've just finished this big, you know, really six months of working on the book and then you put your head up and go, oh, my gosh, where's my next invoice going to go? You know, and then the work does come in, but there's always these pockets of uncertainty where you kind of freak out and think, oh, I've got to go get a job. Yes, (laughs) yeah. Um, But I think you've just got to keep... I keep saying this, you've got to consistently show up, put yourself out there and, and show people what you can do and reach out and, and be proactive and it does happen, but you've yes. got to, you, it, you can't really take your foot off the pedal, which is exhausting. Yes. I mean, you'd find that with your Instagram feed, you know. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. It needs to be constantly fed. <laughs> I know, I know. It can be, it can be exhausting. <laughs> mm. It can be. Um, I mean, it's, I'm so grateful for all these platforms for what they give us, but um you know, you've got to, you've got to feed it. Mm, totally. Mm. So you also run lots of workshops. Nice. How did, <laughs> I know, pre-COVID. Yeah, yeah. Um, did that, how did that all come about? Um, it came about because a few years ago I I started to see all these workshops happening, like Local Milk. Do you know, do you know that blog? Oh, yes. Um, I remember you talking to me about that and I thought it was, a local milk provider <laughs> <laughs> and I was like I don't know why Sophie keeps talking to me about this local milk provider and, and Jess was um, like oh my gosh she's so massive on Instagram yeah and yeah 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 well she was one of the first blogs that I kind of started following and she started doing did this. you know I saw her in Morocco yes you told me oh yeah <laughs> um, yeah because that's a big thing yeah she does a lot of yeah. stuff now anyway I started to see that she was running these like beautiful photography workshops mm. around the world actually and there was one in Australia that I would have killed to have gone to but I just couldn't afford it and I think I had little babies and it, it was in Byron Bay and I couldn't get there but um I saw there was a photographer called Louisa Brimble going to help her oh, and yes. I love her as well or I mean Louisa is my friend she's a special person um 
But I reached out to Louise and I said, look, I can't come to this workshop. I'd love to, I would have loved to have been there. But my mum is an artist and she's got this studio near the Blue Mountains. Would you come and do one with me? Yeah. Because I, I thought, well, at least I can afford that if I'm putting it on. Yes. <laughs> Maybe yeah, 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 yeah. And she was like, totally. Let's jump on a phone call right now and we'll talk about it. This yes. is how Louise rolls. Yes. So she called me, I pulled over and we, like within 10 minutes we had a date we had it all organised. She's a machine. She sent me a Google She's spreadsheet amazing. and it was crazy. Yeah. So um, that's how it happened. Then she said, oh, I'll bring Stephanie Stamatis. And she's Stephanie somebody. Oh, yes. Who was amazing. And that, at that time she was like, still is, but like really killing it on Instagram. So Stephanie, Louisa and myself got together and did this workshop at Rydal at Mum and Dad's and it was just awesome um Annabelle Hickson came yes. all these people who now I consider not only friends but like serious sources of inspiration for me and then so that was the first one and I was like oh this is amazing I made a bit of money I learned a lot got to meet all these people and then we did about three of them a year for a couple of years and it was great um and then it just sort of evolved into other kind of one day workshops or half day workshops or yeah yeah I love I love 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 doing workshops because there's nothing like being in a room with a bunch of creative, keen people, making content and sharing content and eating and drinking. No, it's like actually my next question, yeah. like what's the best thing about running a workshop? It's that. Yeah. And it's the, it's the friendships and the connections yeah. that you make. And then you can like go away the next month and say, hey, you know your beautiful linen aprons and you know my um, spoons that I make, let's do a collaboration or, you know, and nice. I, I still see collaborations that are were born you know, I'm not taking credit for them, but like just the fact that those guys met maybe at a workshop and then you can see them still working together or doing all these amazing things. And, oh, um, yeah. yeah, they're great, but it's, you know, it's a lot of work and all the rest of it. Um, and the tra- I, I, about last year I was starting to sort of get a bit weary of all the travel because yeah. I was away a lot with the book and doing workshops. And um, so it's not, I mean, not the, the only silver lining, I guess, of COVID for me has been an opportunity just to really mm. stay at home and yeah. um, take stock and plan. Yeah, and that's been the silver lining, hasn't it? Yeah, we've got to grab them, hey? Like, oh, there's no, so many other negatives. Totally. <laughs> Obviously. So I guess that's what we were sort of talking about, you were talking about, is the community that you've created around you because I feel like you, um, you have a really engaged community, but not only that, they're also really kind and generous. Mm. Is that something that you've tried to do or is that just something that you think's evolved like your vibe attracts your tribe type thing definitely yeah i think and also like i guess i'm lucky in a way that i'm talking about food and talking mm. and talking about gatherings and nice things like so that that in itself will attract a certain vibe you know because it's nice stuff like yeah, i'm not talking about person. politics and i'm not talking about um you know controversial stuff i guess yes. so i'm in the sort of safe waters of niceness <laughs> but I've been really um I feel really lucky and grateful sounds weird to Instagram for introducing me to so many incredible women mm. and men mostly women um you know when I put a call out on Instagram recently to get if anyone to help me recipe test for my book like I had to shut down after half an hour because I had like 80 people who had already signed up and I couldn't actually manage more people than that because everyone has to sign a non-disclosure agreement and then I have to do this and it's oh, quite a lot of admin. Yes. So I was like, I can't be doing all this hundreds of people. Yes, yeah. But I was like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe you guys actually want to help me. This is amazing. Um, but I would do the same thing for them, you know. So it's yes. 
I know that social media has many, many downsides and I have a 13-year-old daughter and so I know that... Is she allowed social media? So she's just turned 13. She has Instagram and Snapchat. But it's Alice is limited. so gorgeous. Like um, you can tell, you know, when a young person's going to do really well in life, she's going well, to kill it. She loves you. She loved, she and her friend interned for you at the huddle and that was like best day oh, ever. Oh, she was so cute. Um, so, yes, she does. Um, I mean, I'm on top of it and it's yeah. all on my phone and I monitor it and everything, but... Um, I also think you've got to kind of be choosy and you've got to not let it control you. Like yeah. I don't actually follow any of my friends on Instagram. I'm yeah. not there to see who was at a party last night or whatever. Like I, yeah. I care, like I, I want to know how they are, but I'm there to be inspired and to see um, incredible women in Sweden picking wildflowers and taking beautiful photos of them or whatever it yeah. might be. Facebook is a bit different. Like that's where I sort of catch up with friends and family and see people's birthday cakes and certificates of achievement and things like that but the instagram i'm quite i quite jealously guard my feed i don't follow people who make me feel bad about myself i don't follow beauty bloggers mm. not that i have a problem with them it's just not what i'm there for yeah doesn't it and and that's what i'm always saying to alice like don't follow people who make you feel bad you know yeah. like follow people who inspire you and give you cool ideas to make your bedroom all look great or whatever it might be and I think it's the same for all of us. Like someone said, oh, that person's house makes me feel bad about my life. I'm like, well, unfollow them. See, so wise. So wise. Oh, I just know no. I don't want to feel bad when I'm on that platform. Yeah, I'm no. going to feel excited and inspired yeah. to get out there and do stuff. Yeah, because I, I love Instagram. Do you, do you love social I love media? Yeah, yeah, I do. But I'm, I work hard yes. to keep it a good place for me. Yes, yeah. And I mean, it's not hard work, but I've just, I unfollow people all the time if it's yeah. not making me feel good so now i'm going to ask you some questions about social media because i feel like it's really good for people because you are wise you're so clever <laughs> oh i'm just like yes yes i don't know i think i'm just a rambling mess no so do you have like a pur- purpose or a mission or an objectives with your social media um with local lovely i want to be useful to yeah um, well, that's one useful. That's, that's yeah. Purpose. And and um, the people I work with, like the, the businesses I do kind of social media coaching with, that's what I'm always saying to people. Like before you press post on something, and I think I've talked about this with stuff with you before. I have my personal, my my ideal person in my mind who I call Sally. And oh my god, I've been calling her Susie. Oh, yes, well, Sally. Susie, Sally, whatever. Yes, yeah. Um, but I actually have a photo of her that it just ripped out of the Country Style magazine. And I know I'm really, really clear on who Sally is and what I can do for her. Yeah. And I think she's Sally, your she epitomizes your audience. Yeah, the person that I feel like I'm there yeah. for. Yeah. Um, and I think does Sally care that I went to Sydney last week and had an awesome avocado toast? Not really. She might be like, she might. Yourself, but I've been stuck at home. Yeah, with kids. yeah, yeah. But True. maybe if if I reframe that and 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 say we had this great weekend in Sydney and here's five really friendly family friendly cafes that we went to. What are your favourites? Yeah, you know. So yeah. rather than just making it all about me, yeah, I try to kind of um, be useful, like or, or or inspiring. So maybe it's just a beautiful photo of the frost this morning. Morning, guys. Hope everyone's have a great day, whatever. Or, or it's a recipe, or the recipe posts are the ones that are the most popular. Okay. Um, when I share a recipe, because I guess that's useful, you know. Yes. Um, so I think that's the main thing is try and put put the people that you're posting for first and foremost in your mind. Yeah. I mean, it, it depends what you're there for, right? Like, if you're totally. just there because you want to connect and share pretty photos of your garden, awesome. 
go for it. But if you're there to build a business or build a, a community that will one day maybe, for me, hopefully buy my book one day, sign up to my newsletter, come to one of my workshops, you do have to be a little bit strategic, I think, yeah. in the sense that um, think about why people are going to come to your Instagram feed, what's going to keep them there, and what you have to offer people that nobody else does. Mm-hmm. And we've all got our own little unique offering. Yeah. You just like magnify that. Yes, our own little corner. Mm-hmm. I think I could be more useful um, and by the way i don't even know what i'm doing giving instagram tips to you because people, i think no no but we will so incredibly well no like, but sometimes you've just said that and in my mind like my mind's thinking of different things like sometimes you just need to hear a little something just to trigger something in you that goes yeah i need to be more useful well i think that's I don't know. That's what I've always tried to do is be, be generous and useful. And, and often, you know, you, you might only have 200 followers, right, mm. and you're starting out. But imagine 200 people in one room. That's I know. It's, it's huge. Yeah. It's, and if you can, huge. like, give them really good stuff, yeah. they'll tell their friends and their friends will tell their friends and then it just kind of works from there. So concentrate on the people you have and give mm. them good, useful stuff mm. and engage with them and chat with them and I think... I think I remember you once telling me it's called social media for a reason. Mm. Like the more you put in, the more you engage, the more you, the more you get out. Totally. Like it's, you know, as I've said this before, but like, it's not like, you know, if you go to a cocktail party for the huddle, right. That Mm. we had here, which was amazing. And you stand in the middle of the room and you talk really loudly about yourself all night. Mm. No one no one wants to be that person. No. You're asking questions. Oh, yes. so tell me what you do and da-da-da. And, oh, my God, that's so cool. We should do something together. That's what social media is. It's yes. just one big networking party. Yes. So you've got to get out there and spend as much time in other people's feeds as your own because you can't just sit there putting good stuff out there expecting everyone to come to you. Yeah. You've got to get out there. It's like asking. Qu- yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, see? So smart. <laughs> okay. So you take really good photos. I try. No, you do. Do you use your phone or your camera or or how can we take a really good one? What's a good photo? Mm, again, I feel really weird telling you this stuff because you're so good at it. But what I do is mostly take photos with my, my camera, my yeah. Canon yeah. DSLR, only because I now can see, like, they are better. Like yeah. it's, it's, and I've saved and saved and I've got a nicer camera and nicer yeah. lens, et cetera. So I just Wi-Fi photos straight from my phone to my, sorry, my camera to my phone. Oh, yeah. Um, like Bluetooth thing. And then, it just, and then I just give it a quick edit in Visco. Okay. Oh, that's the editing app I use, yeah. Visual Supply Company. But there are lots out there. I think you use something else, don't you? Snaps. Snaps. Yeah. I think they're all really good. And then I post it. Um, so, but I do share stuff from my phone sometimes. Like, you know, the best yeah. camera is the camera you have it with you. Yes. And you always have your phone with you. So... Um, I think the main thing I would say to people with their phone is clean your lens. Oh, it's it, a good tip. Yeah. Because they live in our pockets or oh, our handbags and they get scrubby yeah. and there's still a camera lens, you know. Yeah. So just like with your shirt, just give it a quick clean. Yeah. That makes a big difference. Like, yeah. I always see my son, Tom's like got gross hands and he's playing on my phone <laughs> and it's all sticky. And So give the lens a bit of a clean. That's my, my big tip. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's so funny. That's a good one though. Um, with your content... Are you following a strategy, a formula, or are you? Um, I used to, and I tell people to do this all the yeah. time. I think because I've been posting at Local is Lovely for like, oh, God, 10 years or something yeah. now, I do have quite a good idea 
I'm in a bit of a rhythm. Yeah, it's like a habit. Yeah, for, and I know form, what yeah. Sally, I know what will work. I know the kind of photos that Sally wants. Not to say that I only post those things, but um, but I think to get started and to get yourself into a rhythm and to make sure you're being consistent and yeah. useful, yeah. a content plan is a really good thing. Yeah, so you do a Monday to Sunday. Yeah, or even if you just do like one regular post a week and yes. hang everything else off that. So maybe every Monday you might share, I don't know, maybe say you're a ceramicist and you might share a studio tour every Monday mm-hmm. with, and you might share like here's the playlist of I'm going to be working to this Monday or here's a oh, what about like the um, I love lists and things like that. So, but you know, recommendations, tips, all that sort of stuff behind the scenes, all great. So if you think every Monday I'm going to do that and just yeah. commit to it, then people come to know and expect that and they like that. And then you can sort of have your ad hoc stuff around it, but it gives you a bit of a something, some kind of routine. And then you think, well, that's good. So maybe every Wednesday I'll share it, like your, or Friday, your floral Friday. Yes, yeah. It, it's easier, don't you think? Yes. Because you know, oh, it's Friday, I've got to do this. It's Monday, yeah. I've got to do this. You know? Yeah. Um, and then you don't have to be too rigid about it, but I think it help, it is helpful to have a, a plan. Yeah, because it's that um, the people often feel paralysed about posting. Yeah. Just post it. I know. And I think if you don't have any plan or anything like that, then you get that, oh, my God, I haven't posted for five days, and you go through your image library and you just chuck something up there and it might fall a bit flat because you're not you weren't feeling it. Or you're not feeling it. Yeah, yeah, I feel like when you're not feeling it, don't do it. And then too. if you post something in a you feel, just delete it. Yeah. When, when I read your captions on social media, I feel like I can really hear your voice, like you're talking to me or I'm at your farm gate or in your kitchen, like I can really hear it and feel it. How, how have you done that? Um, okay, I think it's practice, like yeah. it's doing it for a long time. It's knowing Sally. Yeah. Like I, talk, I love Sally. Sally's, Sally's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but I write my captions like honestly, as if I'm talking to her, and I and I've said this to you before. Um, I often dictate my captions, so um, mm-hmm. like I say to me, "Well, write as you would talk to your favorite customer." Mm-hmm. So if you're at the farmers market talking to someone who loves your apples, write your captions as if you're talking to that person. Yeah. So instantly, you're friendly, you're connecting, you're using language that that is looser, more relaxed. I mean, it depends what business you're in, right? Like if yeah. you're a lawyer yeah. and doing estate law or something you're going to be a bit more um serious but for what we're all doing i think right as if you're talking to your favorite mm. person and and dictating like if you go for a walk and you think of a caption just say it into your notes app and press that little microphone at the bottom and it will just be I there for you to do that no 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 I'd, I'd, i'll ask you afterwards because yeah. i was thinking of things i was going to ask you for the podcast i'm like i'm going to oh, really dictate easy. into my notes thing but yeah in my highlights that. reel on on my instagram i've got a little tutorial of how oh to do it. So there you go I'll send you the link to that perfect yeah i'll see that's good it makes so much sense mm. so hashtags mm. do they really matter um i think so i think Depends how you use them and, yeah. and depends the ones that you use. Like well-chosen hashtags I think can be good. Um, I spend quite a bit of time, like I've in my notes app again on my phone, I have like a whole like hashtags, like books and coffee, through a window, all kinds of different, and then I'm constantly tweaking them. And then when I do take a photo of um, 
a windowsill, a frosty windowsill with a coffee in it in the morning, I can just go in there and grab it and chuck it on. Yes. Because um, there's different communities. That t- like definitely. people are following hashtags, aren't they? They are, and I do too. That's yeah. how I find lots of great new people to follow. Um, they're not the be-all and end-all. Like having good, useful content is the main thing, but a few good hashtags, they're like little mini search engines. Yeah. And like, they're free. Like why yeah. wouldn't you, yeah. you know? Also I think for your own hashtag is a great thing. So for a basket by the door of my book, I've got a hashtag, hashtag bus by the door, which I've asked people to use when they're cooking from the book. And oh, then yes. it's so great for me because I can see how people are interpreting it and reshare stuff. And so it's a really great way to kind of see how your people are using what you do or, you know, um, resharing your, your world and your things to them. So I just don't understand why you wouldn't use them. Mm. It's, not, it's not hard. You just paste it in there and off you go. I mean, having said that, I often, if I'm posting on the run, I don't always put them in. But when I do, I know that there's a better reach for sure. Yes, mm. yeah, I get lazy too. Mm. But then I think about how I search on Instagram. Like I'm doing building house at the moment. I'll be like mm. coffee tables, couches, yeah. like searching for those. Like yeah. it's amazing. So you think about how would someone find you sort of. But, yeah. yes, another thing to add to the list. But, yeah, it does work. I think it's like all those things, like if you just put a bit of time, like give yourself 25 minutes on a Monday morning just to look at people's Instagram feed who you think are doing hashtags well and then just copy them. Yeah. I mean, if they apply to your product or service, obviously. Um, But there's nothing wrong with doing that. Mm -hmm. And and just see how other people are doing it and think, oh, yeah, I like that hashtag. I might. And then save them in your notes app so they're ready to just go when you need them. Mm. What's a hashtag that you're following now that's... Um, there's a really cute one I like called Elegantly Knackered. Okay. And it's just these beautiful interiors. Um, oh, there's another one you might like called Say No to Empty Walls. Which oh, I love yeah. that. Okay, I'll have um, to look oh, that one so up. Many, and there's so many really clever people that are doing like hashtag challenges and, yeah. um, you know, it's just it's just another community building tool as well. Like it's a really great way to connect with like-minded people. Yeah. Like I'm a big sourdough baker and so I follow lots of sourdough hashtags and I get really awesome ideas and tips and, oh, yeah. you know, um, how to score my loaves and bread art and all sorts of stuff. I, I really like that stuff. And I would never have found those people if it wasn't for those hashtags. Oh, that's cool. I'm yeah. going to start following some of those. <laughs> now, newsletters. You mm-hmm. send out beautiful newsletters and I love your Monday one. Mm-hmm. Can you tell everyone about it and, and also why newsletters are valuable? Yes, I'm a big, big newsletter fan. I love receiving them myself, but also I think they're super powerful marketing tools. Mm. Um, so I send one every Monday morning at 6.30. You, yeah, generally You're I do. Early. So I, they're pretty much done on the yes, Friday before. Yeah. And then on the Monday I do get up early and I just edit them, check yeah. my links. There's always one or two broken links in there, which sorry, everybody. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's always a bit early for me. And I write my little, you know, welcome bit um so it's five things to be cheerful about um and it's just you know maybe it's a podcast maybe it's a thing to cook or a book or a show that I've loved watching and um and it's I love putting it together I really love my newsletter and I get lots of lovely feedback from it but it's um it's a really good opportunity for me to check in every single week and tell people what I'm up to. And yeah. so it's not just selling, 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 but it's like, here are five things to be cheerful about. And if you're interested, bookings are open from this workshop or my book, you can buy my book or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I'm always telling people, um, newsletters are amazing like that because you're, it's an opportunity to 
be really generous and give some good stuff to people. Yeah. Um, and also check in and say, and we're doing this. I mean, your newsletters must no, work I'm, for you. Yeah, like, oh, 100%, mm. but you're even speaking now and I'm like, oh, I've got to do better. Yes. Well, but, I don't want anyone to, to no, feel bad about what they're no, doing No, but it's now, but not. It's, it's, in, it's inspirational. It's well, good. It, it, yeah, I think the other thing about newsletters that I love is that I know that if you have given me your email address, it will drop into your inbox exactly when I send it. Unlike the algorithm and unlike yeah. social media, you know, you can't assume that everybody's going to see every Instagram post you put out there. No. Especially like often on a weekend I will put my phone in the fridge. Not in, on the fridge. Oh, I was like, oh, my God, is this a new <laughs> thing? No, yeah, I'm yeah, trying yeah. to Like not... the credit card in the fridge. No, I don't want my kids to see me with my phone. No, no. Anyway, I might not look at my phone all day. Saturday and Sunday, and then you might have posted some awesome stuff on your Instagram that I will not see because it's just gone to the bottom of my feed. So then, you know, if you send it to me in a newsletter, I will see it because I've signed in, I've opted in, and, mm. you know, you, that's your bricks and mortar. You're renting your followers on social media. So I think um, if you haven't got a newsletter, just start collecting email addresses now. Yeah. Just start because then you can come back to them and put together a newsletter later. But... Yeah, I think it'd be crazy not to because who knows where all these algorithms. Instagram could die tomorrow. Well, I mean, it's probably not going to, but, you know, there's always the next thing, yes. isn't there, you know, yeah. and, and the algorithm is always changing. And yeah. um, so I think it's a really good idea. And it's not hard. Like, it, honestly, it doesn't have to be this huge, long essay. No. Copy and paste, in you go. And all these platforms that are free, you know, Tiny Letter, MailChimp, drag and drop, off you go. Mm. And just do it. And I think I think it's you who said it to me, or someone at one of your events said you've got to give people a reason to open your newsletter. Yeah. Like it's got to be. It's I guess it's the same as doing really good content on your social media. Mm. Like, yeah, are you going to be useful? Are you going to be inspiring? Are you going to give mm. something? Like, I think that was really good. I think you said that. Well, um, um, maybe, but I do think. Like I was at a shop the other day and they said, oh, hey, would you like to sign up to my newsletter? Well, why, why should I? Tell me. Like I didn't say that. I don't want to be rude. But, you know. <laughs> I go, no. What she could no. have said was, um, would you like to sign up to my newsletter? Because yes. every week we're going to send you um, awesome tips for putting together outfits with that scarf you've just bought or whatever yeah. it might be. Yeah. Um, I think the word because is a very powerful word. Like do this thing because um, and tell people the benefit that they're going to get from doing it. Mm. Um, so I say people sign up to my newsletter because every Monday I'm going to send you five cute things to do. Yeah. Easy, you know, yeah. and it's easy for me because, I mean, I'm like the subject lens, subject lens stays the same every week. I just change the date. The format's the same. I just drag and drop my things in. So I'm in a bit of a routine with it now. Yeah. So I think people freak out a bit about newsletters and committing to a weekly or fortnightly thing, but, it's not hard and no. it's like powerful marketing. You know? Oh, so powerful. Mm. And because it's all clickable and um, I guess that that's why print media is struggling a little mm. bit because, you know, it can cost so much to pay for an ad in a paper or a magazine mm. and, and it's not clickable it. and mm. you don't get the um, the results back. Mm. Like you, you can't see the number of people that opened it or what they purchased or, mm. you know, all that sort of stuff that's so uh, – for little or just your time really oh for sure and, uh, but I'd love to know from you um do you find that you when you like if you posted a product and your product on Instagram and sent a new sent it in a newsletter where are the sales coming from more is it your newsletter or your Instagram oh, or is it that's a really good question they often both 
look, I'm pretty bad at looking at all of that yeah. sort of stuff. I find them both to be extremely yeah. powerful, um, powerful because tools, but they often work in conjunction with one another. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. work together. But I often wonder, like I've been told and I found it myself that it's quite hard to get people off. Once they're on Instagram having a scroll, quite hard to get them to click away from the app and do something and buy something unless it's, you know, something they really need that minute. Whereas in an email, click, go straight to the shopping cart, off you go. Yeah. Um, I think so. it's like two different audiences maybe mm. too. I don't know. Mm. I don't know. Something I probably need to work on. Hey, what's one good tip for people to improve their Insta game that they could just do today? Um, one good tip. I'll put you on the spot. I think that I've said it before, but I think before you press publish, just check with yourself. Is this post bringing anything to my Sally's day? Like, is this useful in any way? Is it just about me? Am I just having a whinge about something? Like, yeah. am I am I offering anything out to mm. the world that actually people want? Yeah. Um, and um, and just give your photos a little edit, like brighten them, sharpen them. That does make a big difference. As yeah. Well. Oh, hundred percent. Now, what gives you the most joy in your business? Um, I think. It's, it's mm, at the end of the day after at a workshop seeing everyone's yeah. like fully buzzing and like like talking about, oh, we're going to collaborate, we're going to do this, and everyone's got a phone or a camera memory card full of awesome images and we're all having glass of bubbles and it's like, oh, my God, we did a really good thing today. This yeah. is awesome. I'll see. That's so good. And what's been your career highlight so far? Oh, I haven't even mentioned that you were like rural New South Wales woman of the year. Australian, Australian woman. That was 2016. Sorry. Um, yeah, that was That's awesome. so amazing. Oh, uh, well, yeah, it was great. It was, I felt incredibly lucky to, to be the recipient of that award. Yeah. Um, I think probably though A Basket by the Door is a project yes. I feel really proud of and I just love that. Even now I still get like messages constant, not constantly, but I get lovely messages from people saying that, you know, that chicken pie recipe is like a family favourite now. I'm I just try that. It makes me a bit emotional. Like I really, I feel that's it's such a privilege to be able to share your love of cooking with people. Yeah. And you have two kids, two lovely kids, and you live on a farm, you've got lots of things going on. How, how are you managing? Hmm, my time. Yeah, how are you doing it all? <laughs> Oh, smoke and mirrors. Um, I I don't know if I do manage. I mean, you just do your best, right? Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm an early bird. Like I do find I try and get up at like five and do like an oh, hour. What? Well, I go to bed early. I'm boring. Oh. Um, so how do I manage it? I don't know if I do. Like I just do my best, yeah. you know. I do feel like I stretch myself a little bit thin sometimes and take on too much stuff and then I worry that I don't deliver what I've promised or whatever it might be. But um, I think... Yeah, I get up early. I I really really love what I do. I yeah, think that helps. Yeah. My big problem is time at my desk. I just don't have enough of it. Yeah, um, and we're just talking about how you're um, hot desking in it. Oh yeah, I'm heading down the road now to um, to work in town because I find when I'm at home, I try yeah. to do that two times a week. Yeah, and I just put my headphones in and I just go um, because if I'm at home, I'll just put a load of washing on or I'll just yeah. you know um, or someone will pop in for a cup of tea or whatever it might be or dinner and then I'll you know, end up rearranging my pantry or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm. It's good to step out from mm. your house. Come rearrange my pantry. <laughs> Do you have a dream project? 
Um, yes, I do. I've got a couple. I've got another book idea, actually, which I haven't pitched to anyone. I just want to get this one out of the yes, way, which yeah. is is a dream actually it would be a dream come true but um i might just sit on that for now because no, i feel like cool. i haven't verbalized it properly but yeah i do i've got a few yeah, and i yeah. think you've got to have them don't you like, yeah you've got yeah, to be yeah always thinking of the next sort of dream thing and and kind of slowly angling yourself towards being in mm. a position to make it happen yeah um oh you yeah. you'll do the, the the fourth book oh my goodness oh, who knows <laughs> so do you have any advice for anyone who might want to turn, you know, their passion project, that blog or whatever, into a real business? Um, yeah, I mean, I'm not awesome with the business side of things, I have to admit. Like, I mean, I do my invoices and I've got zero and I do all that kind of stuff, but um, I can't give really good business advice. But I do think... Um, You've got to know, you've got to find out if there's a real market for it, I guess. You find mm. out that if what you're thinking of doing, people actually are going to want. And then um, and then just do it. Like I think, but, you know, don't give up your day job just yet. I, th- I feel yeah. like a lot of people are turning their, like I love sourdough baking and we got this pizza oven recently and I started to think, oh, my God, maybe I'm just going to like bake bread for people and put it at the front <laughs> gate and people could buy bread. And I costed oh it out and I think I was going to make like, $80 a week or something. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, so you've got to kind of think about it and whether there's actually a viable business in there. And if there is, just do it, like go for it. But, you know, you're going to have to put in those late nights and early mornings, I think, just to sort of get to the point that you can give up your great job. Yeah. Because the you know, jobs are precious these days. Like oh, that. so precious. Um, and so maybe not every passion has to become an income generator as well. Sometimes it's like... I did actually make some bread for some the other day and they paid for it and I didn't enjoy the process as much. Like, it's weird. Yeah. You know, like I love just doing it for myself and my family. So I don't know if that's not very good advice. No, that's I think absolutely advice. things you're not good at as well. Yeah. Like for me, it's I have an accountant that helps me with all that stuff. Yeah. Um, and that that's completely necessary for me. And I could probably do it myself and not pay him but it works. And but it, it would take you away from, yeah, it'd take you away from the things that you actually enjoy doing. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You don't want it. Yeah. Life's too short to do accounting if you're not good at it. I think so. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I think like I have someone who um, I work with a beautiful girl, oh, Emma Barrett, who I know oh, you know. Oh, yeah. Emma she Barrett. She does all creative. my, um, she did my newsletter template. She does all that stuff for me. She's amazing, right? Yeah. I, I could probably learn to do that, but it would take me a couple of weeks yes. and it wouldn't be as good. Yeah. So why not pay someone to do it really well first time? Totally. Mm. She is amazing. Mm. Now, that brings us to the jumbled mixed bag at the end. <sighs> you nearly threw it. And have a coffee at the end of yeah, all of I'm this. I'm sorry, but I think I have rambled. No, you haven't. <laughs> it's been amazing. I feel really... I feel really good. Like I don't, you know, when you leave somewhere and someone's given it like advice and talked you through things and you can just feel overwhelmed. Or I feel just like growing in. Yeah, 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 yeah. When you leave some workshops, I actually just feel really buzzy. So that's oh, great. Great. Okay. What are you cooking for dinner tonight? Um, this is a really hard one because as I said, I'm working town all day today and, um, my Tommy has got rugby till seven o'clock. So I think I'm going to go to our beautiful butcher just down the road to Michael and, um, I might get a few short chops, Mm. barbecue them. And much to my children's horror, our vegetable garden is finally like, like fully happening with its winter veg. And I think I'm going to do some, um, like 
sort of sauteed kale and spinach and stuff. Oh. But I'm going to make it yummy oh. and they'll like it. Yum. Yum. Lots of garlic and salt and lemon oh, juice. All the good stuff. Mm. So, yeah, I think that might be dinner. Super quick. Oh, yum. Oh, my mouth's salivating. <laughs> okay. What is the best piece of advice that someone's ever given you? Well, I think I said it before. I'll say it again. It was Grace Brennan at the huddle who said mm. done is better than perfect. I love Isn't she amazing? Amazing. Like Grace for PM. All the way, but um, yeah. wouldn't that be good? Oh She'd be really good. God. I don't know. I think, but it is true. Like you've just like that story I told you at the beginning, where I sat on my blog for months before I actually started doing it. Just start. It's like start your newsletter, guys. Just do it, and it will get better and better and better. But you know, it's like the hardest part of going for a run in the morning is putting your shoes on and mm. walking out the door. Like just do it. Just yeah. start. And the first one would probably be terrible. Yeah, but it's probably just your mum and your best friend reading it. So oh, no, who cares? <laughs> oh, exactly, exactly. What three things should people do when they visit our beautiful town of Orange? Um, well, of course, I've got to come here to the Sonic. <laughs> um, what else? I think go for do a winery. Yeah. Um, we've got lovely friends They've got a gorgeous one in print thee, which I think they're oh. doing a beautiful job. I mean, there's so many, it's hard to actually even start. I love their sparkling. It's oh my God, I know. And that rose. It's the best. Um, I love going for a big, we did the Federal Falls walk the other day. I think yeah. go for a walk, like go to the farmer's market or um, a grocery grocer or somewhere and get some yummy bits and bobs and pack a backpack and just get out there because mm. it's so beautiful, this region. And Federal Falls is beautiful. You can walk. Was oh. the um, you can walk underneath the waterfall yeah. and then there's a rainbow and I went under there and I got really lucky oh my that God. week. Wow. Yeah, I did. I was like really lucky. I don't know. Like I'd said to the girls, whoa, our luck is like so amazing. Oh God, I hear you are wearing rainbows. I know, sparkles. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think go for a walk, go to a winery, go for a shop. Um, there's so much to do. We're you know, we're just so lucky here. No, we're t- totally blessed. Do you prefer to cook the food or eat the food? Um, at the moment, after six months of recipe testing, I might say eat the food. So <laughs> people to cook for me. No, cook. I really, really. And my favourite is just to cook for a small group of people, like yeah. maybe one other family coming over and yeah. all day Saturday just to potter, yeah. the music on. I yeah. love that. Yeah. Oh, that sounds beautiful. Do you have a secret talent? Um, <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about this the other night for my daughter's 13th birthday yeah. and I made everybody go around the table and say, um, yeah, hill starts. I'm really, really good at hill starts. Oh, in the car? In the manual farm you Well um, like, done. Silk. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm quite good at reversing a trailer now. Oh. I never thought I would be, so they're my secret. <laughs> Round of applause for you. That's really good. Do you watch MasterChef? Do you know, I love it. I haven't because I I am trying to watch a little bit less television and um, I just haven't watched much free to air recently. Mm. Um, but I'm sad I missed this um, season because I heard it was amazing and I feel like once I started hearing how good it was, I felt it was too late to jump in. <laughs> um, but, no, I've been watching a lot, streaming a lot of, kind of dramas and shows yeah. and things. But no, I haven't watched it for a while, but I think it's, I think it's great. I just haven't caught up with it. You'd probably win. No, my God, if, no. If you could only eat one thing for the rest of your life, what would it be? Um, one thing for the rest of my life. Oh, my God. I love cheese. I really, oh, really love same. cheese. Yeah. But am I, am I allowed to have, like, crackers and quince paste and stuff with it? Yeah, I'll let you yeah, have Okay. Yep, cheese. Okay. Dream long lunch location. Um, 
We, for a few years, did long lunches on our farm. Yeah. And there's this ridge paddock with like a 360-degree views all over the area. And um, we've had a few guest chefs come and cook for us. So our venison in the hands of these incredible chefs on a hill with all these beautiful people in wine. Yeah. Bit of a dream. They're quite stressful because it's like, oh, what if it's too windy? Or, um, But I'd love to do a couple more of them. Um, oh, so that or, or like a vineyard in like Burgundy or something. Oh, cool, but yeah. <laughs> same, same, but slightly yeah, different. Yeah, no, but watching people cook and enjoy uh, the meat that we produce is pretty special. Yeah, that's beautiful. And if you weren't doing what you're doing now, what would you be doing? Um, I would love to have a cookbook shop. Oh, and then like there's shopping. There is a shop in Notting Hill that I used to go to when I lived in London called Books for Cooks. I think yeah, or the cook something like that. And they choose a different cookbook every week and cook from it, like make cakes and stuff and, and then do cooking tours and, oh, my God, I'd love to do that one day. Oh. Um, yeah, maybe. Or I'd still be, if magazines, I'd still be working in magazines, I think. Yeah. I really love magazines. I'm really sad at what's happening in that world. But hopefully um, the stalwarts will stick around and we'll still have beautiful magazines to flick through. Yeah, I hope so. Well, you look at the Crazy Her and, I mean, there's some amazing magazines that are, like, thriving in the it all. Such an inspiring mag. Mm. I love that. It is. Um, but this has been a really good chat. Like, I feel so good. And thank you for coming in. Like, no, I feel like pleasure. just really, really lucky. And um, oh. I hope everyone's loved this and gotten something out of it as well. I hope so too. And I'm sorry, guys, if I go on and on a bit. No, um, no. It's just, I, when I do this, I forget that I'm actually... Hey, thank you so much for listening and sharing a glass of bubbles with us. Please subscribe if you want to hear more and share it with all your kick-ass businesswomen friends. So until next time, stay fabulous.